Feeling better? Looking better. Making life better. It's Life Tips. We'll explore the latest innovations, introduce you to the latest products, and bring you the tips from experts and environmental pioneers to help you lead a better life. Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Life Tips Show, everyone. I'm here with Melanie Warnick. Well, Melanie, welcome. Thanks so much for having me. So the name of your book, This is Where You Belong, The Art and Science of Loving the Place You Live. Are you really ever sure that you land on a place that you know you belong? I think this is a fascinating topic, but you're going to tell us that there is a way to do that. I think some people know for certain that they are where they were meant to be. They have no intention of moving. Part of the book is researching this concept of place attachment, which is that feeling you get that you belong in a place. Mm -hmm. And some people feel every confidence that this is it. They have no intention of moving. But I think most of us struggle to know where we belong and whether or not we should go somewhere new. Why do we want to move? Why is there something, a compass inside of us that says it's time to move or I'm only going to be here for a short period of time, so I'll settle for where this is? Tell us what's going on in our minds when we we look around at different options on where we're going to live. Well, as a society, we are incredibly restless. About 12% of Americans move each year. That's about 36 million people. And I think a lot of us move for, you know, the reasons you'd expect. You move for a job opportunity somewhere else, or you move because you want to get closer to family or friends, or you've always dreamed of living near the beach, and this is your big opportunity. But I think at heart, we're simply restless. We have a fear of missing out. And in that search for the perfect, most meaningful life, we tend to think that we'll find it in the next place. If something about our current city isn't working for us, we often just think we'll move. We'll try somewhere else and maybe that will fix everything. This this notion of fresh start has, is, is one that is probably synonymous with moving, one would think. Could you comment on that and do you agree with that? Yeah, I personally have fallen prey to this idea. I call it the the geographic cure, the idea that you're going to move and everything's going to be brand new. You're going to get a, a clean slate to start a new life essentially with. In some ways, that is true. When you move, everything is different about your life to a certain extent. You're shopping at a different grocery store. You make new friends. You may have a different workplace But in other ways, we always carry ourselves with us. I know that when I move, I often have the sense that I will be a brand new person in this new environment. All my bad habits will suddenly leave me and everything will be better about my life. But while moving can be a good opportunity to change certain things about your life, in some respects, it's simply ourselves in a new environment. And if you're unhappy in the town where you live now, chances may be good that you'll take that general sense of unhappiness to the next place. So I decided that maybe the key was learning to be happy where you live. Hmm. 
So how is it possible to freshen up your life and to find happiness where you actually live? I started this journey of writing this book, This Is Where You Belong, because I had just moved to a new town, Blacksburg, Virginia. And like we've just been talking about, I moved in with this desire to just find my place, to fall in love with it. And once I moved, I realized that the town had its had its annoyances. It, you know, rained a lot and maybe wasn't quite the right size and I didn't know anyone. Moving can be really lonely like that. So I looked into the research about place attachment, what makes people feel like they belong in a certain place. Some of it is related to how long we've lived in a spot, but a lot of it is simply making a conscious decision that you want to get to know a place. You want to be happy there. So much of it is mindset. Our towns are, in essence, what we think they are, which is one of the reasons why basically every city in the country has people who love it passionately and people who can't stand it and can't wait to leave. And you want to be hopefully on the side of the people who are happy there, who love it, even if you're not going to stay forever. I noticed that you moved from Austin, Texas to Blacksburg, Virginia. What prompted that move? Help us understand that. It was kind of two parts. We had only been in Austin for a couple of years. My husband was a brand new professor at a small liberal arts college there. And he stumbled across a job listing for what seemed to be his dream job at at Virginia Tech University in Virginia. And we have this discussion about it, like, well, we've only been here for a few years. Is now the right time to do this? And, so, you know, I just want to throw my hat in the ring. And he ended up getting offered the job. But the other part of it was Austin wasn't, the perfect fit for us either. We had lived there a few years and were kind of annoyed with how hot it was and how crowded it was and things like that. And back then, we we did see moving as a solution to those problems. And we kind of leaped at the chance to try out a new town in a new place. It was sort of this sense of restlessness and, and a sense of adventure. You want to experience something new. So we did that and realized that the new town wouldn't solve all our problems and maybe we needed to change our approach to our town. If you had changed your approach while living in Austin, do you think you could have made that work? Yeah, I do, actually. I've thought a lot about that. A lot of the things I've learned about place attachment is that it is a feeling, but it's also behavior. It's tied to things like getting to know your neighbors or walking in the place that you live, spending time in nature, volunteering, eating local food, things like that that can help you feel connected to your geography. And I think there are things that people can do no matter where they are. And I did some of these in Austin, but not others. And I never really had the mindset that I was consciously trying to make myself like Austin. I think it's something that most of us are a little oblivious to. We we sometimes settle in places because we feel like we've 
been forced there. This is where our job is. This is where our family is. And we're not always conscious of thinking of our place as something we want to feel more connected to. But research shows that when we feel happy in our place, we have better health, a higher quality of life, a a better sense of well-being. And our towns do better fiscally, too. Some studies have shown that when people feel attached to their town, they love their town, the towns have a higher GDP. So it's something important to start thinking about, no matter where you live. Do you worry that limiting ourselves and our exposure to different cultures and parts of the country and or the world hinders our perception of the world? I think it's important to think about the idea that most of us love to travel and we love to experience new things, but it's nice to have a home base, someplace that you can come back to. And I'm not against moving, actually, even though I'm, it, it kind of sounds like I am. I do think that you sometimes get to a point where you've experienced everything that your town has to offer and it's time to try something new or we grow and change over time. And so a place that worked really well for you when you were in your 20s may not work so well for you now that you're in your 30s. So sometimes we do need to move around and experience new things. There can be power in that blank slate, but I don't think we should jump to that conclusion all the time, allowing our restlessness and sort of our short attention spans to lead us along that path. I think we should pay more attention to where we are now and how we can not only feel happier where we are, but help our town too, make our town a better place to be. Let's take a quick break. Back in a minute, everybody. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. 
Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. And now back to Life Tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back. Great to have you on the show today. I've read a fair amount about how a nest, as it's commonly called, is critical to child development, having this safe nest. And in the research that you did on the book, did you stumble across that notion and that critical element for children's development? And do you think that carries forward in our journey of life wherever we live at whatever stage we're in? Yeah, one of the things that prompted my own research into this was feeling like I was failing my children. (laughs) I have two daughters, and we had moved to five states, you know, in 12 years. So when we moved to Virginia, my older daughter was about to start fifth grade, and it was going to be her third elementary school. And I really felt like I am failing as a parent here. (laughs) And in fact, that feeling that maybe moving a lot is bad for kids actually turns out to be true to some extent. There's a lot of research that shows that particularly for older kids and teenagers, a lot of geographic mobility can be tied to things like poor grades in school or a greater chance that you'll get involved in drinking and drugs and smoking or crime, things like that. Mm -hmm. And part of it is that nest idea that when you move kids out of their nest it forces them to you know look elsewhere for friends they become more prey to bad friends who would entice them to do things that otherwise they wouldn't then they lose kind of a, a sense of stability a lot of that is mitigated when you have a really stable nuclear family and so some teenagers can move around a lot and turn out to be totally fine. But I think there is value in creating a nest for your kids and, you know, giving them as much of a stable, you know, geographic home as you possibly can, which allows them to have that safe base that they come back to and then leave periodically to explore and befriend people. It's difficult to predict the future, right? And I don't think any of us, you know, think we're going to move next week or next month or next year. We we sort of develop, you know, we have our homes or our apartments or our, our cabins or whatever our our home is at the time, and we buy goods and decorate our homes and you know upgrade and you know keep the American economy going by by fixing things, <laughs> by, by purchasing things to make our homes better. But so given that, what do you have to do inside of you that you think, what's the change that you're putting forth for us in the way we think about our homes and our lives in the book? Maybe get to that core element for us with the perception of how to think about this differently. 
One of the main principles of the book is if you love your city, you should do what's good for it. And that when you invest in a place, you feel invested. So a matter of not only feeling good about your city, thinking that this is a good place, but it's also changing your mindset. So you're not just kind of a consumer of your city, but a creator of it. Let me give you an example one of the things I learned about that's a really powerful mechanism for improving cities is to buy local, to shop at local independent stores. A lot of more money stays within your community as opposed to when you buy from Amazon or big box stores like Target and Best Buy. This is incredibly difficult to do for most of us because we're busy and we like to save a buck and, you know, surfing the web and buying things online is pretty much the easiest possible solution. So when I realized how much better it was to buy local, that as much as three times the money stays in your community, I decided that this was going to be a new thing for me. And it's not easy because I'm as much of a target addict as the next person. But one of the, the things I learned about was this idea of the 350 plan, which is a challenge to spend $50 a month in three different locally owned businesses. So I tried that. I tried to shop at a local toy store every time I buy birthday presents. You know, I started buying clothes at local downtown businesses. It required a shift in mindset because sometimes you do pay a little more money or you spend a little more time on it or you have to worry about parking or things like that. But it made me feel more connected to my community, not only because I was doing something that I knew would be positive for it. You know, you're feeding money into your town, more money stays locally, and that tends to be better for your community, you know, more tax dollars and better schools and things like that. But it also makes you feel connected to other humans in your community. It's a practice that a lot of us have gotten away from just because it's easier to not have to have a conversation with someone. It's easier to just do things online. But the more we connect with actual people in our town, even in like a very loose tie sort of way, the better we feel. You know, physically, we feel better when we know and trust our neighbors, for instance, we're 67% less likely to have a heart attack and 48% less likely to have a stroke. So there are huge benefits to knowing people and developing relationships with others in your town. Let's take a quick break. Back in a minute, everybody. Life Tips will be right back after this short break. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
Are you paying too much for your paid advertising, or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste twenty-five percent of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. And now back to life tips. Making your life smarter, better, faster, and wiser. Here are your hosts. Welcome back. Great to have you on the show today. I have to share my favorite story of local community with you because I think you'll love it. My mom and dad, my dad was a professor uh, at, at the University of Maine, and they grew up in Maine only for part of their life. They're actually from Texas, and they moved to New Haven. My dad went to Yale, and then we moved to Holden, Mass. Then we moved to Worcester. Then we moved to Hamden. Then we moved to Orono. We moved to oh my gosh. a couple so, of different houses you know that- in Orono. So, yeah, w- when your book came across our desk, I'm like, oh, I can relate to that. Let's uh, – <laughs> let's. so they ended up settling in Orono and fell in love with house development and renovation, and we lived in three or four houses in Orono, and my mom developed a passion for creating something – interesting in her life, buying houses, selling them, da-da-da. So she got to know, uh, she was a magical person, actually the inspiration, believe it or not, for the for Life Tips, which at the time was going to be a model called Life, which stood for Living Improvements for Everyone, sort of a, a consultant knocking on your door, walking through your home saying, hey, you know, you, you store your lettuce the wrong way. Why don't you take it out of the bag and watch, wash each leaf individually and put it in an airtight container wrapped in a towel and, you know, you It'll last for like two weeks, you know, rather than the bag, which lasts like three days. So, so it morphed into this. Anyway, fast forward, she was uh, battling uh, cancer, sadly, and I was went up to visit with her with my wife, and we went down to the farmer's market on late in the day. And it was starting to pour rain, and I pulled up, and I had Massachusetts license plates on my big Lincoln Navigator, and I pull in, and and I'm like, oh, you know, are you closing? And I mean, I just wanted to pick up a few things to bring back to Massachusetts with me, and they're like, yeah, you know, and uh, she said, you know, you look for the, the person, the vendor said, you know, you look very familiar, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, you probably know my mom, Mary White, Jeff White, and he said, your mom is Mary White? He said, come over here. And he opened up the back of his truck and he said, take whatever you want, anything, free, no charge. You know, just shows you the power of local community and people knowing one another, taking care of one another, buying from one another. I mean, it's just, it's a powerful moment. And uh, so anyway, thought you'd enjoy that that story. story. Yeah. (laughs) So it reminds actually of, a story that I heard, and, and I tell it in the book, about a man named Jay Leeson who moved to a new town in Kentucky. He was starting grad school, and he went to the local grocery store and you know, met the man who owned it, Leonard Fitch, and 
slowly developed this relationship with him and, you know, one day asked him, how's the store doing? And Leonard said, well, you know, we've lost money every year since Walmart opened up. And this was a store that was sort of hanging on by a thread because the people who owned it felt like it was their, you know, God-given duty to keep this store open. And they would leave bags of groceries on the, the porches of widows. And, you know, mm. Leonard Fitch ran all the funerals in town. Mm. Everyone loved this man, but they still shopped at Walmart because it was cheaper. So Jay, you know, as a new person, came up with this idea of neighborly economics. But it's not enough to just say we love our neighbor. We have to show we love our neighbor by... Mm you know, patronizing their businesses and supporting them. Um, and he started a, a program in the town to encourage people to do that. And and Leonard Fitch and his store are still kicking. You know, people have stepped up. Like it's in some ways a moral responsibility to support our community and make it thrive. I was just thinking of a concept, you know, travel globally, buy locally. <laughs> so interesting, uh, you know, right. where we're headed is really quite remarkable. You know, the, it is a new global economy out there. You can purchase art from an artist in southern France. Uh, you know, you can online. I mean, and, and that's helping that artist in that local community. That's what's that's what the tension is about this. Right. You know, there toward, is a tension. you know, it, it's very interesting with where this world needs to head. And what are your thoughts in, in your research on working from home and the advancement that we may see there and how that could help and fit with this home design experience that is all centered around loving where you are and trying to make where you are the place that you belong? Well, the fantastic thing about that about people having a little more freedom in their work life to work from home is that it gives you more freedom to choose where you want to be. And there's a study that says that millennials in particular, about 67% of millennials pick the place where they want to be, the city where they want to live, and then look for the job to get them there, which is a reversal from how people tend to think of jobs or have in the past that you find the job and you go wherever the job takes you. And now we're slowly shifting to a mindset that your city matters, the place where you live matters, and it it's worth it maybe to take a job um, that will take you to San Francisco or LA or what, wherever it is that you're dreaming of. So when people work at home, they can literally live almost anywhere with an internet connection. As someone who works from home, I can say the other challenge is you are a, a world unto yourself. <laughs> you know, it's uh -huh. easy to just stay inside your house and you kind of have to force yourself to get out in the community. You don't have that instant net of collegiality with people that you work with. So you have to make more of an effort to find your tribe and build a community for yourself in your town. But you can do that, and there's lots of ways to do that. Melody, it's been great having you on today. I want to thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was delightful talking with you. Two final questions for you in the audience to listen to. Who do you want to get to hold of you, and how can they get a hold of you? I really hope that people will read this book because they're moving, 
or they have just moved, but also because they want to build a deeper connection with their community. And that can be because maybe they feel like their city isn't doing it for them, but it could also be simply because they do love their town and they want to love it more. Anyone can find me at my website, which is my name, MelodyWarnick.com, M-E-L-O-D-Y-W-A-R-N-I-C-K.com. And there are links to buy the book at lots of different places. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook pretty regularly. Fantastic. Well, once again, thanks for being with us today. Thanks so much, Byron. It was a pleasure. Right on. Hope everyone's a little smarter, better, faster, and wiser, and more in tune with what you call home. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited.